hello there and welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. Another thank you to Saints Brass for our intro music as always and do make sure to follow us on all your social media platforms at We March On Pod. Tom, another episode, number six. Would you believe it? We're here already. I know. It is, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. I think we keep saying it as well we keep saying i can't believe this has actually happened um but you know you put your mind to something and you will uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor and that's where we are and can i just say you were also beautiful have you ever thought about doing air uh, stewarding you know like kind of announcing sort of uh, what on planes yeah have you ever thought of doing that no never it was very official yeah. The way you started it. I, felt I like think we you have to train holiday. as cabin crew first. <laughs> and I don't know if I have the capacity to go back Mate, I felt and like retrain. When you were starting to talk about what this podcast is, I thought we were going on holiday. That's what yeah. it felt like. I was excited. You hear me on your next flight to Tenerife. <laughs> Turning around, getting off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel a rumble in the sky, put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a start Saints Brass were brilliant how good were they against the Man United game they were fantastic yeah excellent as always Very. so when they practice what I would say with Saints Brass I love them dearly but they practice the whole thing every single game right so they start at the South Tunnel and march their way to the North do the whole thing we're in kind of our prep zone up at the gantry for Saints Live and it did dawn on me the other day it's like do you have to check the f- the whole song works every time pre-game. Yeah, because yeah. they get in the zone when they're in the zone. When Saints Brass are in the zone, I'm in the zone as a fan. I love it. Yeah, but the fans aren't in at that point. No, this is pre-match they... testing. Do you know what they say about uh, you go into a venue, you go into a place? It's got a vibe. It's got an energy. When Saints fans walk in, they go, "What's been happening here?" It's like you have a little sniff, like, "What's been going on here?" And Saints Brass, are like, we've just set the mood. Mm, I can, <laughs> I, can I, I can smell the brass from that from the trombone. <laughs> It's like hot metal. <laughs> and after, which I was going to mention today uh, on on this podcast, uh, they were at the uh, the Northern Social Club after that Man United game, which mm. I was involved in the new fan uh, club area where you can go before the game. Um, it's all kitted out. It's brilliant. Thanks to Sportbet and the Crypto Fan Fund. Uh, and they performed there. And it's more intense. It's more in your face. Like in the stadium, it's safe. Yeah. But five meters away. You feel it in your in your cockles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I can't wait to hear about your little kind of evening out at the Northern Social Club later on. What have you been up to this week, though? Because I feel like you were on your travels last week. You're in France. Has this been a, a relatively quiet week for Tom Deacon? So far, I mean, we are, um, to give it away, uh, recording this on the 31st of August. So it's before transfer deadline day. Mm. There's a lot of excitement. I've been glued to my phone uh, and I've done sweet F.A., other than that, really. Some of this chat might be outdated by the time this goes out, I reckon. This chat's not outdated. No, this chat isn't. But in terms of like what we're going to talk about, they might think, well, it either didn't happen or it did happen. Yeah. We could have got it completely wrong. <laughs> we could do. We could speculate a whole load of stuff. Um, the, the week has been pretty chilled out. Uh, and uh, what's nice about this podcast, this is the first time that you are, we, together as a team, the WMO Massif, are recording in my home. Yeah, we're in Liphook in Mid-Hampshire. Wasn't going to say where we live, but all right, mate. Oh, po- apologies. No, 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 forget about it, mate. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're technically in enemy territories. This is actually closer to, to the other team. Yeah, but it's not a PO postcode, is it? It's a GU. No, but when the delivery man delivered something to the door and I was in my Saints kit, <laughs> full kit, 
I'm one of those. <laughs> socks and all. Have the and, socks. <laughs> and, and the boots inside. Uh, if I, glad, good job my mum doesn't live here, though. She'd be like, what are you doing? Those boots should not be inside. Uh, he said, what are you doing? You can't have those in here. You, got, you can't round here. No, 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 no. You can't be wearing that. It's all pompy up here. So apparently about five doors down on the other side of the road, uh, a pompy loon. Uh, lives i think that's the technical term loon uh lunatic mm. uh and uh yes so uh he's proper part of the firm so you only wear your kit inside the house <laughs> you don't step out <laughs> a, a man's house is his castle and i do not leave the castle in full kit <laughs> fair enough uh, what about you mate what have you been up to this week uh it's been a, f- a fairly busy week just with work there's obviously been two saints games that i've had to work out as well which we'll get into as well in a bit um, I wouldn't say it's been a particularly exciting week. I probably should have thought of an anecdote no, or mate. something to say. I actually, I, I, I will. I'll I'm get glad you brought it up. If anything, I'll get. <laughs> I'll get into a bit of this because I feel like the next segment when we actually talk about the result, I don't really want to dwell on it. But I've been slightly disappointed with the cuisine at work recently, mate. You have. I mean, you have set that up beautifully. I cannot wait to tuck in to this content. Because, we, well, I informed you on the, was it the first episode or the second episode that the quality at Spurs was unreal? Yeah. Now, I understand. It's a different level of club. Uh-huh. So but you were pressed then, right? At we're pressed. Press at Tottenham. Yep. Yep. And sens- are you about, hang on, sensational. Are you about to mug off the press area of Southampton? If I, well, yeah, because <laughs> the, the, the decline, uh-huh. at the end of the day, I'm not employed by the kitchen. Uh, like managers so it doesn't matter um, but the decline and I feel like I'm not going to be the only one that would say this if you asked many journalists from whatever radio stations TV re- papers that they write for they would all agree I think mm. um, we worked together a few years ago at Saints we were never fed in the press area mm. we used to sneak in get a packet of sweets and a bottle of water in a programme and head out last couple of years doing the Saints live show Concourse food was no more. We mm. got fed in the in the the press area yeah. slightly better, uh, slightly more upmarket than than a rollover hot dog and a, and a burger. Hey, listen, uh, you've got to feed the staff. Happy staff means it's a happy environment. You've got to feed them. One hundred percent. Thank you. Now I'm going to paint a picture for you here, Tom. This this intro is going on a little bit long, but I'm going to paint a picture. No, it's not. Mate. The people are glued. I'm glued. Right. Already. Saints fans might like to know this as well. When you go into the press room, you have a bar on your right-hand side, and that's where your water's stacked, and you pick up a bottle and program or whatever. They used to be gummy sweets. They've gone. They went a couple of years ago, so I can't really draw this into this comparison. <laughs> yeah, mate, put, that, put that amount of paint away. You're going to have to right. blot the, uh, okay. dot the, or what do they call it? Jot that out. Jot yep, that out. Yeah, okay. You'd go to the back of the room, and there would be... <laughs> there would be... Uh, a trifecta of tables. Yeah, Adam Blackmore. Yeah, Blackmore yeah. there from Radio Solent. Joe Tessum just tucking yeah. into some good old chat. Yeah. The first table would be where the menu is and your starters. Now the starters could be like a little salad or some smoked salmon, a pork pie, various different stuff, right? But you have a starter. Then on the second, t- <laughs> the second table, Tom, oh, the other half would Keep be going, <laughs> would be your your food option for the, your main course for the evening <laughs> or the afternoon, and it would be a meat and a veg option. So it could be like a stir fry, or it could be a curry and rice, a moussaka, a lasagna, something. Cooking on bulk, but making sure the press but delicious, are happy, so yeah, ready to write for whatever publication. And it's on bulk, so it's not like individual. They're not yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not an omelette station like you get on holiday. Yeah, it's it's 
but it's cooked on bulk so you can dish it out and go, hey, yeah. you're, you're good to go. But it's always been very good. And then after that, right next to that, there's a little dessert uh, table. Um, can confirm this. Yeah, cool. Now, I was partial to maybe taking a second dessert of my time. I hope that's not what's led to this. <laughs> so, from the start of this season, yeah. so we've had three home games. We've had Leeds, Man United and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I noticed on the first one, I was like, mm, give them the benefit of the doubt because maybe it was just, maybe they're just ill-prepared for the first game. Maybe it came around too quick. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? And, I, and I looked at the fixtures. They yeah. hadn't changed. They were pretty much set in yeah. stone for quite a while, weren't they? But I gave them the benefit of the doubt. First yeah. game, fish finger bap. And I was a bit, also, this is, this, is the, this is the kicker. Starter and dessert station are no more. They've gone. Yeah. So, which, you know, maybe we were treated too kindly. Yeah, you were. You're only really after a meal. You don't need a starter and a dessert. But anyway, they've gone. First meal, fish finger bap. And we're not talking gourmet panko breadcrumb to fish fingers or like uh, tempura. It's just like the, the thinnest small fish fingers, dry. <laughs> like a, like a, a fish finger toenail. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, in one of those really overly flowered buns that crumble in your hands as soon as they see any moisture. Yeah. 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 Can, I, can I just, just interject quickly? Because yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying this and I'm sure everybody is as well. Steve is a real foodie. So yes. You have to understand. I'm probably pickier than most people yeah steve is very picky but he is i mean he knows how to cook this boy knows how to cook during lockdown we did a cook along steven Simon's cook along it was a lot of fun uh the word panko is not often used by a general uh population but you sir you have you're a foodie you yeah. know panko you yeah. know panko when you see panko well, th- this this was pank no on these on these fish fingers right so anyway I thought, give it the benefit of the doubt. It was okay. Fish fingers, chips. Fish finger back on chips, whatever. Second game against United. Early kickoff, right? So you're not expecting maybe like an afternoon meal. And people will go into the press room from what? 10, 30, 11 a.m. Before, before the game at 12.30. There was a, a breakfast burrito, which I read and I was like, mm, nah, I'm not going to go for that. No. And then the other option was said same flowered bun with a circular sausage. Kind of like the famous fast food chain one, but a little bit thicker. Yep. Um, and some very anemic hash browns. Oh, mate. And that that was it, right? So I, then I'm thinking, hold on, there's a bit of a pattern going on here. Yeah, and, and you're taking that that energy, that 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 sort of aura about you out there onto the concourse. You're taking that, and that's not good positive vibes you're no, taking out there. No, If I had travelled, say that was for Manchester United, if I was for worked for Manchester Evening News and I travelled all the way down, from Manchester to Saints, and was 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 served that. I'll be I'll be a little disappointed. Um, can I also just say, as a Saints fan, I couldn't care less. No, for that Manchester fan, you, you you're lucky to be at St Mary's. Yeah, evil. I mean, a lot of people won't care about this. I'm still going to go on. Mate, I I I like this. What about Chelsea? And then for the Chelsea game, okay, turned up normal time. So we've done Saints live. We've wrapped up. I've gone down to pitch side. There's not been any links this time. So if anything, we're earlier than we'd normally go into the the food room for yeah. right you look fantastic that blue jacket look fantastic thanks man appreciate it you're welcome so we get in there walk up to the the singular station that there is now and there was no menu i was like what's going on there's no menu i can't read what's what's on offer so i just said to the uh the young lady at the at the station i was like oh what, what do we have for not tonight there's there's no menu and she literally looked at me dead in the eye like i was an idiot and was like yeah, we've run out. That's all that's left. That's all she said. Didn't tell me what was there. It was just that. 
stir-fried vegetables yeah and chips mate that's a that's a panic meal right that there. was it there's no thought like, that's it. not even a meal that's not if you it, if you rocked up to someone's house and they put down some fried peppers courgette and onion and some chips yeah protein's missing there i mean i'm no nutritionist but i know that's yeah. veg legume <laughs> carb no protein yeah that, that was that was all that was there did you have that yeah i had to what else am i gonna eat mate i feel i feel like it's difficult because a lot of people won't experience what the press go through but you are there you're working for southampton you've got saints live before the game after the game you need you need that nourishment do you think that this is a deliberate ploy maybe this is ralph to try and get under the well the thing is right skin is this is where it all I, I, I could be completely wrong yeah. in this saints are spending quite a bit of money in this transfer window in comparison <laughs> to previous it. years there's obviously got to be a balancing of the book somewhere and i wonder if some of that budget has been taken from the kitchen and spent on Players. mara yeah <laughs> next time you see seco mara just have a look at him and go hang on a minute mate if we hadn't spent so much we, we could have lasagna this year if it wasn't for seco mara <laughs> steve forbes could have had some panko breadcrumbs <laughs> <laughs> and if we and if we could just shift a couple of players off the books and get some money back into the club, Steve would be allowed to have a bag of sweets again. <laughs> I know it sounds like first world problems, but it has put me on a bit of a. I wonder, has put me in a bit of a mood when I was there. I wonder for anyone listening right now, Saints fans who go along and you're at the concourse, has the quality of the food and beverages gone down this year? We are saying, Steve and I are saying, there is a correlation between the amount of money being played paid for new players coming to the club and we're all enjoying them but let's have a think about our bellies as well can we please all right steve uh what a brilliant episode this is so far but let's get down to the meat and gravy or as we like to call it the stir fry and chips um, <laughs> Steve, uh, let's discuss this. Uh, two games have happened since our last uh, what time that we got together. And that is the match at St Mary's against Manchester United playing in that quite well, very interesting green kit. It's horrific. Mm. It's a horrible, horrible shirt. If you go, if you watch a match at, say, a 3 p.m. kickoff and the sunshine is bright, it's hard to distinguish, dis- say it, distinguish mm. between that kit and the grass. Yes. However, uh, Fernandez did score uh, and therefore uh, was able to be found out uh, in the box uh, to bury a, a beautiful uh, build up uh, to make United win 1 0. Uh, I felt very disappointed at the end of the game. I felt like Sanson should have got something out of it. Uh, what was it like working? Because I tell you what, t- two things that happened that smoke, smoke, uh, the flare went off mm-hmm. in the away section, which I was in the middle of the ground. I was the green one. Uh, yeah, it would. Yeah, it was just it just sort of stuck out, stunk the whole place out. Man United were on good form, lots of singing, uh, Glazers out, the usual. Uh, and I felt St Mary's gave a brilliant account of themselves. It was a, it was noisy, it was good fun, but I just felt like the only disappointing thing they played very well, didn't get a point out of it, and I felt like at times they they might have deserved it. I definitely think Southampton deserved something from that game. I don't think United played particularly well throughout large portions, Saints were on top and the difference just was 
coming down to finishing chances. Mm. We've spoken about it multiple times. Armel Belakotchap was excellent again. Um, yes, please. He's could, a Rolls Royce, they call him. Could have scored. Um, he obviously uh, did a couple of great challenges, saved a goal from going in, but could have scored twice, I think, in that game. Mm. Um, very unfortunate. Southampton were inches, centimetres away from from getting something out of that game. But unfortunately, at that kind of level, one moment of class and brilliance can define a match, and that's yeah. just what happened. It was an excellent cross, a fantastic volley from Bruno Fernandes, and that's just what defined the game. I, I think that Saints have not been poor, other than the first half against Leeds, yeah. in any game this season. I think they have been excellent so far. And how, as disappointing as the result was against Manchester United... I don't think many Saints fans left that ground despondent because no. I think they really gave United a run for their money and were very unlucky not to get at least get a draw. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I was very fortunate uh, because of doing a job afterwards uh, for the Saints and Sportbet uh, with Fanny Benali and Nigel Atkins. I was sat next to Nigel Atkins for the second half and I'm going to talk about it. I fell in love with the guy. What a guy. <laughs> what an amazing guy he is. But what was, was great was the... They gave every player on that pitch, gave a brilliant account of themselves that day. Even though sometimes you, I was watching, personal opinion here, get ready, uh, Gineppo, that moment in, in the final third, just get the ball in. Like there was a couple of times, chances where you're like, Gineppo, I wish your crossing was a little bit better because mm. we could have, you know, uh, maybe put more pressure on United. But I don't, I just think everyone felt like we've given such a great account of ourselves. It's a shame that we didn't get anything out of it. But what a difference that is to last season. We are like, well, that was just really was poor. This season, you're like, they gave everything. So you couldn't be annoyed at the team. You just had to say, look, the difference is those teams are in the top half of the table. Just take their opportunities. And that's a sign of a good team. They can play poorly and still get a result. And the big talking point after the game was that handball. So I feel like Saints fans left there feeling a little bit annoyed. Felt like it was against us, not the players let us exactly. down. Exactly. Anyway. That's it. They... Very many times last season, there was a sense of annoyance about how the team performed, their attitude, etc. Certainly not this time around. And it was the the annoyance was directed at a decision, mm. which is, you know, fair play. I think that that handball probably was a handball anywhere else on the pitch. I think that would have been given as a free kick anywhere else as a penalty. Is rather close to it. His hand was obviously up in an unnatural position, but he was so close to the other player. You can see why it wasn't given. Mm. Um so Saints can feel aggrieved in that. But yeah, another good performance. A great start to the the season. We'll go on to Chelsea in a sec, but that's seven points from five games. And we said right at the start of this, this season on one of our first episodes that we'd be happy with four points from that opening five games. Mm. So to have seven, I think, is, is testament to not only Ralph adapting after that first defeat at Tottenham when clearly the system wasn't working and obviously the the first home game against Leeds that first half and he's adapted that and he's changed but also the team is so refreshed from last season you've seen these new young players come in got a new goalkeeper new number one Bella Kotchap slotted right in there alongside Salasu and looks fantastic that partnership looks great you've also got Gineppo playing as a fullback he looks revitalized it's like a new signing Romeo Lavia is so composed for an 18 year old I don't know I can't think off the top of my head what his buyback clauses for for Man City but I hope it's massive because that boy has so much potential um 
Sekou Mara as well. Adam Armstrong is a completely different player playing on the left-hand side yeah. of a front three than through the middle. Jaribo is so assured. He's definitely Prem quality. So the team looks, at, even though it's, there's not loads of new players, even though there's been quite a few signings, it looks a completely different team. Mm. Definitely. I mean, I hit the nail on the head with that. Adam Armstrong played him against Cambridge out on the left, uh, played him uh, against Leicester out on the left, and it just seems to work because he's, he's he's quick, he's tenacious, he doesn't give up. And even Elanusi, he's one of those players, maybe I've got this wrong, sometimes you're like, oh, he is on the pitch. Mm. You, you, he gets a little bit yeah. lost. But there was a moment against Chelsea, and I know we're not talking about them yet, but he had a little bit of skill in him. And you're like, oh, okay, you can take it out wide and, and a couple of stepovers and a bit of tricks. But everyone looks rejuvenated yeah um and 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 that is so refreshing to see and you know what Nigel Adkins said uh, to me he said I wouldn't focus on that goal that sometimes happens in games but the way they defended uh in the first half uh Gab Bazuna great save then Carl Walker-Peters they were battered they did yeah. not give up at all and he said that's the bit I would focus on if I was a manager on Monday we're talking about them we're like, guys how good were we 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 fought two for nil to get a result and he would focus on that and say how much of a team they are and how they're playing as one. Yeah, well, Gavin Bazunu proved that he's a great shot stopper. Players were throwing their bodies on the line. There was a moment when they could have gone a, a goal down and um, there were goal line blocks, etc. So you have got a great tenacity within that squad now. The fitness levels must be huge because as you said, Elianusi, watching him against Chelsea, didn't stop running did not stop running. Even in the 90th minute with five minutes of added time, even into that, he was still chasing balls down. He was still... James Ward-Prowse, I think it was just before the final whistle went against Chelsea and uh, Mendy had gone up for a set piece for a corner and the ball got lumped down. Now, I think it was Kukurea at the back just watching the ball bounce and coming up and then you can just see Prousey steaming through the middle of the park to try and catch that, chase that ball down to try and win possession and see out the game. And when you see that, that gets that gets fans really on side. You could you could do that and lose the game, yeah. and you would still have fans going, you know what? They really tried today, but when they're already winning with seconds left on the clock, doing that, that's what you can be proud of. And also, after the Man United game, we got a mascot that was able to get inside the Chelsea heads. Come Tuesday night, yesterday, he pulled the best prank. Aspilicueta mm -hmm. reached out for a handshake and got given the thumb to the nose, the full fingers waving back in his face. Uh, I think that set the tone beautifully. Yep. He is the reason we got that win. Uh, I am being facetious here um, and sarcastic, but um, but a completely different. It just felt like it went our way that game in a in a in a good way that we took those opportunities when they came. Great goal from Lavia uh, becomes the first Premier League goal scorer. Uh, to be born in 2004. That's mm -hmm. a great accolade. Yeah. Great goal. And then Adam Armstrong as well. And a battle. Could have had an extra goal. Kukurea was fantastic. Goal line clearance. Goal line clearance from Thiago Silva. Yeah. Could have been more in that game. They would... And it, I mean, I wasn't there, but it was electric by all accounts watching on the TV, St. Mary's. The atmosphere was sensational. It was so loud. I can't really remember the last time St. Mary's was that loud last night. Um, obviously, Chelsea are, are one of the Premier League's big hitters. So you always want to see a top-level performance and, and a good result against one of those so-called top six. But it was, as you say, fantastic from start to finish. There wasn't really. There was a time, maybe, just before Chelsea 
got their opening goal or got the opening goal of the game where there was maybe five or ten minutes where they looked on top. They'd caused Saints a couple of problems. Sterling got in on goal and then who comes across? Armel Belakotchap and makes a fantastic uh, challenge. Um, and there was a couple of other times they got in and I think maybe hit it wide um, or, were, or were seen out of play. So there was they, Chelsea did look dangerous for an, in the early part of the first half just before they took the lead. But as soon as they took the lead, what was really good to see was that Southampton didn't get their heads down. They didn't crumble like we've seen in, in games last season. They rallied together, picked themselves up, went right back at it, were rewarded with that thunderous strike from Romeo Lavia um, that, that Mendy could not keep out for love nor money, continue to persist. And even in the dying moments that first half, when you think, just see the half out, 1-1, go in, regroup, come back out in the second half. Lovely interlinking play. And then you get the crossover and then Adam Armstrong, as we said, I think, uh, in one of our early episodes, where I think he's best at, one-touch shoot. Not where he has to pick the ball up or get it to feet and dribble and then try and open up his body, create some space. Give it to him in an area where he literally has to take one touch, whack it, and he'll, it'll go in the back of the net. And he did just that. He's an instinctive striker. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Same with with Che Adams as well. Uh, and, and I feel like when that, when he buried that, I was like thinking in my head, I was like, do you know what? I'm really happy for him. I don't know the bloke. But like I'm like, do you know what? He's had a bit of like stick for, well, we need a proper striker that can score and he hasn't got the quality to step up to the Premier League. Well, just a bit of confidence. Everyone performs better, whatever mm. job you do. When you're confident and you've had a, a bit of fortune goes your way, it starts to build. Look at how well Che Adams, I mean, one of those players that stood out for me in that game, didn't stop running, was absolutely, I'm going to use the phrase, shagged. Um, he was absolutely knackered at the end of that that game, fell to his feet because he, he was our main threat. Bazuna, big high ball up. Che Adams, you get your head on this, make something happen. I just thought he was fantastic. It doesn't even need to be scoring to make such an impact. And as you say, the source at the back, uh, Bella, is just like, he, he's he's a worldie. Yeah. And the fact that Ralph has said uh, he didn't know whether he maybe he had all the attributes, but whether he had that mindset for yeah. the Premier League, which I thought was really interesting. But he's just proved that him and Salisu, centre-back pairing. And let's not forget, Gineppo didn't start. Uh, Roma Perot started in that game, had to come off um, with, a, I think, a bit of fatigue. He hasn't had that, that many yeah. minutes. Just It just looked like what a solid team that was. And unfortunately, I think for me, as a fan, looking at that, uh, Lavia having to come off, uh, which we're going to talk about in a second with uh, Aurea Romeo. But it was just a complete performance. And, and to hold out, if we'd have let that goal in and it become 2-0, I think we'd have been all been a bit crushed after all that effort. Yeah, you know we rode our luck and and could have had more goals. What an atmosphere! I kind of wish I was there. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was a great night. I think one thing to be aware of, as good as the performances uh, performances have been, and we talk about Armel Belakotchap, how great he's been. He's added millions already to his his value, in my opinion. But he is only twenty years old. Romeo Lavia has been excellent all season already in the in the five games he's played, and he's only 18 years old. These are young players that will have peaks and troughs, so I think it's unfair as well. It's great to recognise how seamlessly they've they've slotted into the team, but also not put the level of pressure on that when maybe at some point in the season, maybe it's next season, who knows, um, when things aren't quite going their way, or maybe they are dropped out of the team, who knows, is that don't get on their backs. Because they are so young still and they have so much more potential to give. They've just had an excellent 
start. We can't be expecting that every single week for 90 minutes from a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old. Like a like conversation with my dad there for a second. That was beautiful. But no, I totally understand your point. Um, it's just exciting though to to suddenly look at that team and just get a real buzz on for Southampton because you're like, yeah, bring on Wolves. We are absolutely ready for them. Um, in terms of that injury with Lavi, because I'd read earlier in the day that Aurea Romeo is off to back off to Spain. And uh, then I hear there might be a twist that because Lavia's injury, he might not be going. Mm. Um, he will be a, a real miss for me to, to have to go. Got nothing against him. If he wants to go back to Spain, he's been such an amazing servant for the club. Um, you know, signed back in 2015, signed from Chelsea for 5 million. I mean, how many players of his quality do you get for 5 million? Uh, and it, stuck, uh, it stood out in my head, that tackle against Rafinha. I've never looked at Romeo and thought he's got some absolute gas on him. He's got pace, but the way he tracked Rafina back against Leeds and got that tackle in, um, one of those amazing moments. And he was there against Inter Milan uh, in Europe. Just, just an amazing servant of the club. But I don't know if, because we're doing this before the transfer deadline, Lane, whether he is going to be staying mm. or going because of that injury. But um, I think after his start. Lavia is going to be a bit of a, a miss in that in that side. Yeah, it depends how long Lavia is out injured for. I mean, we, we I don't know personally the extent of that injury, how long it's going to keep him out for, whether it will keep him out of, of Saturday's game against Wolves. When it comes to Romeo, yeah, as you say, an excellent servant of the club, a stalwart in midfield. Um, such a nice guy as well. I've had the pleasure of speaking to him once or twice, once on Saints Live for sure. Um, very humble which I think is quite nice to see in, in a modern day footballer as well. Didn't seem like he wanted to get away from talking. Like it's not like he, he turned up and went, right, I've got 10 minutes. You better hurry this up. He was more than happy to to stay and chat. He was so friendly and open. Um, and I think it'll be a big miss. Not always necessarily on the pitch, but in the dressing room. Yeah. I think he's a big part of that club. Seven years he's been on the South coast. Um, yeah, tremendous servant of the club, an excellent footballer, a bargain when you think back to it for five million. And if he does head off to Girona in Spain, which is what I'm led to believe will happen, Southampton have greenlit that move. Um, he'll he'll be sorely missed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, it just uh, dawned on me that I remember that the moment in Manchester United game uh, on Saturday when Lianco went up front. Uh, I don't think that's going to be discussed enough, but he came on mm. as like this extra striker because we'd run out. We didn't have another striker on the bench because Mara had just come on and Lianco went up front. And I, I've i never, it's been a long time in a game where I went, I wanted one player to score. It was Lianco. Uh, and I discussed it with a few of the people that I, I was sat with about how cool it was when he released the kit early. We, we spoke about it in the last episode about how much of a fan he is and how gushing he is with his plaudits for this club just really wanted him to score and he and he did a very good job uh, against Chelsea as well he's come on he's like that super sub mm. to shore up things but I hear that we might be losing uh, another defender again because he didn't get that move to Watford have you heard anything with Jackie Stevens? yeah so Jack Stevens, as I'm led to believe is close or has already sealed a loan move to Bournemouth. He can uh, drive. He can. He doesn't need to sell his house. Yeah. Well, I, I I heard ages ago that he's got like the key to Dorset or something like that. He should be given, or at least that's what Nathan what? Redmond said. Like, just give give the guy to, the key to Dorset. Uh, he's Dorset's favourite son. Um, so yeah, Jack Stevens. He was at the Bournemouth game yeah. uh, on what what day are we now? Wednesday. 
Sorry, so he he was there at a game where Bournemouth lost 9-0. No, 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 no. We're we're recording this on the Wednesday, even though it's not going to go out until the Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesday night, Bournemouth are playing Wolves. He was at Bournemouth for oh, that game. sorry, mate. Yeah, I just thought, if, if ever there was a defender, we like, I don't want any part of this <laughs> for 9-0. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I loved uh, Southampton Twitter uh, messaging Bournemouth and saying, hey, do you, need, do you need a chat? We're here if you need us. <laughs> <laughs> Shit how to read it is finest. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. So Jack Stevens is going, um, but apparently it could be a few players uh, coming to the club. Yeah, there could be. We're going to save probably the most exciting till last. Um, we've had obviously a great track record of this, of getting young players from big clubs from their under 18s or their under 23s. We've seen it already this summer with Gavin Bazunu and Romeo Lavia from Man City, where there's another two Man City youth players that are in advanced talks to join Southampton this summer. Sam, Sam Adozi, who's a winger, um, and then also Juan Larios, who is a fullback. I've got to be honest, Tom, I don't know anything about either of them. All right. Um, well, Juan, there can only be one Larios. Uh, well, the uh, the lad, Adozi, uh, signed to Man City from Millwall. Um, Pep said he was incredible. He's got pace. He's got a bit of everything. Just needs minutes under his belt. Juan Larios uh, signed from Barcelona. And don't know about you, mate. What I know about Barcelona, they know how to make some talented players. So mm. uh, they also know how to sign them without the any money to. Yeah. How is that even possible to actually pay them? Or... We said that early at the start of the season. How on earth have they managed it? And then in the end, they're like, "No, actually, we can't. We can't yeah. actually sign you. We just we just sell like a quarter of our stadium to America, and then we'll fund it anyway." Uh, yeah. So these these players, I don't think will be coming in to challenge first team places. This is very much, in my opinion, to squad building, f- fill out the young. Uh, probably the under 23s is to fill out the young talent within within the club as a whole. Mm. Um, probably cup appearances, maybe get a couple of a, a bench appearances in in the league potentially, uh, and come on. But I I don't think these are players that are going to be going in into the first team because I think it's really weird when you you have a look at like Thierry Small who signed from Everton. Uh, we took put him in the under 23. I'm going to call it the under 23s, but we all know it's like. It's called the B team. Yeah. I always call it under 23s. I don't actually know what the official title is. Yeah, because you can have actually a couple of older players that are like your uh, old age players, uh, call it what it is. Um, But but there's also Daniel Simi, the centre back uh, from Chelsea. Yeah. A lot of rave reviews about him. And he went out on loan. You you kind of like, it would be, I I think someone, if they've got the talent, uh, Adozi and Larios, play them there in the Premier League B team. And then if they do well, bring them in. It's like Ballard. Like if the cup run happens, mm. they'll get an opportunity to show what they're, they're made of there. Um, and injuries happen, as we're seeing with uh, um, Romeo Lavia as well. Like injuries do happen and then someone to, to yeah. step in. Um, and other uh, players, um, Maitland-Niles, have you have you heard that one from yeah. Arsenal? So Maitland-Niles, I was told, was expected might have already been there. We don't know. I haven't looked at my phone to see if he's turned up. But um, expected at Staplewood on Wednesday afternoon to undergo a medical ahead of a loan move from Arsenal with the option to buy at the end of the season. He's a player that we were linked with last summer mm. um, or in the January transfer window, if memory serves me. I'm one of, one of those two. In Within the last year. Um, very versatile. Can play at fullback. Can play in the midfield, on the wing. Um, I think he will add support. Again, I don't think it's a signing that will go straight into the starting eleven, um, but will definitely be able to cover either 
either wings, either at fullback or, or in the midfield, should should we need it. Um, so positive, I think. I think it's a good squad player. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know much about him. I know that, you know, Arsenal make good players that don't necessarily get enough game time. He has but... been out on loan quite a lot, though. Yeah. He was at you... West Brom for a bit. You would... I, I know that talent is one thing. Uh, the way you conduct yourself, uh, the mental side of things... Uh, are you a much of a dressing room people person? Can you fit into a squad that holds a lot of players who have got absolute talent but don't deliver and don't get an opportunity? That I hope he can fit in and, and gel with the rest of the team because they look like you watch on on the social media for Southampton. That team looks as one as I think mm. I've seen them in a long time, and you don't want to break that up at all. Hundred percent, yeah. He's also got some uh, top level Serie A experience. Um, oh, he went yeah. to Roma on loan this year, so I think that's what happened. I think he was at West Brom on loan. Uh, Southampton were interested last summer or in January. He didn't go. Went to Roma. Made eight appearances for them. Okay. He's also been at Ipswich Town on loan, so he's been at loan a few times since being at Arsenal. Um, so yeah, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is probably one that will or has happened. Um, I personally think it's a good squad addition. The exciting one though. Now this is the one that I think, this is a player that will get Saints fans off their seats. Now he was linked with Manchester United earlier this transfer window, um, for what they were told were reported 50 million pounds. Um, they ended up going on and signing Anthony from Ajax for... 86 million or something. So, yeah. But PSV's Cody Gakpo. So, a young Dutch player. Um, international caps under his belt. International caps. Predominantly plays on the wing. Scored a hat trick in what could be his final appearance for PSV on Wednesday night. Um, has been captain a few times of the club as well. Very, very exciting. Um, led to believe club record fee as well. Okay. Um, we'll go into maybe some of the previous records uh, like from that. Southampton. Um, but £25 million for Cody Gakpo would be a club record fee. I think, though, that he could be one of these players. He could be like another Mane. You bring him in. I think Southampton fans probably have to be realistic that he will come in, hopefully does the business and will double or triple his value in three or four seasons with Southampton, two, three, four seasons at Southampton, and then get another huge move. He strikes me as that kind of player. Because essentially a top six team, we like this guy. He's talented. We kind of want to see him out on loan to another club before we have him. That's what Southampton are. And uh, I don't mind that because for those three seasons, hopefully, or two seasons, if he does the business, we'll have one of the best players and then enjoy all those moments like Mane with that quickest hat trick ever we've seen it with Mane we've seen it with Van Dijk we've seen it with a multitude of players Gareth Gareth Bale maybe a a little bit young he probably made his name at Spurs if we can you know you know clutch your straws on that one he scored an absolute worldy free kick against Derby but no I'll let you continue but you got Victor Wanyama as well came in and and, and then got a big money move to Spurs Morgan Schneidlin like there's been loads of players Luke Shaw the list is endless essentially Mm -hmm. but although some of them may be youth prospects, but Southampton have a good track record of buying young players. He's 23 years old. Um, he scored over 30 goals in 100 appearances for PSV, Netherlands International, with a couple of goals under his belt as well. Definitely could be an exciting player. And the fact that other big clubs were circling around him and Southampton hopefully can pull this one off, 
I've been told that it's up to PSV to decide whether he's going to be sold. So they've accepted or they've agreed a fee. Mm. The players agreed personal terms. It's now just decision time. Do you want to go or do you not want to go? Wow. Well, look, I tell Cody immediately, uh, we've got two Burger Kings in the town centre. Uh, <laughs> there's a bar gate. Uh, we've got East Street shopping. Um, we've got a lot of other... Ocean Village. It's quite nice. Uh, do good peroni down there. I've never been to Eindhoven, so I wouldn't know what the comparison would be. I've gigged in Eindhoven, my friends. Right, okay. And uh, they do not have two Burger Kings. So no. uh, get yourself over. No, uh, he would be uh, a brilliant signing just for that potential. And, w- and why not? However, we don't have a great track record with biggest signings. Uh, can we quickly go through a top five, maybe? It's very mixed. Um, do you know who Southampton's record signing is, Tom? Uh, that's, of course, Danny Ings. And he delivered. And all the best to Danny. Yeah, so number one spot you are correct Danny Ings according to transfermarket.com 22.59 million from Liverpool we can all agree it was a good signing yeah and and also he was on loan to begin with and we had that guarantee we were going to buy him then he got injured and everyone was a bit like oh what I don't Mm. know if this is oh okay I'll shut my mouth (laughs) Uh, next up on the list uh, big Yannick Vestergaard no. From Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, I mean, he was a huge Dane. Just He just was like an oil rig turning. Uh, he's got no pace about him, but he's a big physical specimen. And um, I'm curious to know what we sold him to. Do we make profit on that? Anyway, let's not dwell on that now. Let's stick with the biggest transfer yeah. fees. He was a good player. He was a good player. A lot of these players have gone for, for high profits as well. Next one on the list, number three, Sadio Mane. Joined from RB Salzburg for just over twenty million pounds. Um, sold him to Liverpool for thirty-eight. Because yeah, he's just been sold for not much less or about the same. So Liverpool were like, yeah, cool. He's only got one year on his contract. Yeah, but he was he Fantastic was obviously player. a hit at the club in the few seasons that he was there. That goes a little bit downhill okay. uh, from here. Is it Lamina? I'm mm. going to guess Lamina. Lamina's a bit further down the list. Oh. Uh, next up, according to this website, is uh, the famous Guido Carrillo. Oh, I feel like he had a hard time at Saints. He didn't really get much of a run in because the manager that loved him from Monaco. He was Pony. Um, wow. Joined for 19.8 million. I think scored one goal. No, I don't think he did score. Did he not score one. any goals? No, he didn't score any goals. Then we did he get one around. assist? He got one something. He got one something. He got one song about him. <laughs> um, I, I would like on this podcast, and I know I'm spitballing ideas for future episodes, but I would like to find a coach or a scout and ask them the questions. What did you see in him? It was was it Pellegrini we had at the time? Yeah. I think it was just very much a Pellegrini signing. I don't want you to answer the question. I want a scout yeah. with official credentials. We should, what we should do is a special episode is go through this list, pick the worst ones and try and find a, ca- a scout for each one of those players and then just grill them. <laughs> that is 100% what I'd like to do. But you're right. It was the manager's last final uh, card to play of like, can I just sign one player? Oh, I'm being signed. Yeah. Okay, sorry, mate. An you're utter waste of money. Uh, and then last on the on the top five. Uh, do you know who it is? Uh, last on the top five. Um, uh, it's... Uh, Morgan Steiderlin? No. No, he was with us from a very, very young age. Charlie Austin? No, because, yeah, because Snyder came in the League One or Championship period. Mm. Uh, oh, my word. Uh, uh, che Adams? Nope. It was a one Sofian Buffal. 
Apart from that West Bromwich Albion goal, what a goal it yeah, was. Yeah, that was a fantastic goal. Lille for £16.8 million in the 16-17 season. Yeah, kind of a, a weird one. He had moments of brilliance, but class. just not consistent. You know, he was he was kind of like, he was like a Tarrapt, but not as good in terms of scoring goals. And he just didn't get those... And we loaned him out to Mets or something at one point. He just... He just had flashes in the pan. You know who I worry about if Gakpo does come? Uh, what's going to happen with Nathan Redmond? Where is Nathan Redmond? He can barely get into the team really at the moment. Where is Nathan yeah. Redmond? Where Have is he? Have seen him? Uh, please let us know because I love Nathan. We're worried Redmond. for his welfare. I'm worried about him. I think he's a fantastic player. I, I like Nathan. Um, where is he? I hope he's all right. Yeah. Another few notable mentions, as you said, Mario Lamina joined from Juventus for 15 and a bit million pounds in the 17-18 season. Uh, my favourite centre-back, not, uh, Wesley Hoyt uh, joined from Lazio for just over 14 million in that same... That wasn't really a good year, was it? The 17-18 season. Quite, quite a few uh, duds on the list. Um, Danny Osvaldo is one of the top ones. He's in the top 15. Three of those flops from the top 15 most expensive signings for Southampton were bought in that season. Well, let's hope that the young lad from PSV, if he signs for Southampton, will be one of the good ones. Yeah. All right, Steve, I mentioned the fact that after the Man United game, I had a little bit of work to do. I call it work. It's uh, glorified just talking to absolute legends of the club. Mm. I went down to the Northern Social Club, which is about a five minute walk. I was quoted seven, took me five. Uh, just around the corner from the St. Mary's Stadium because Crypto Fan Fund had given two Bitcoins to the Southampton Trust to basically make something for the Southampton fans. And they've done a brilliant job mm. down there, kitted it out, mate. You've got to see it. What's it like? Because I Google mapped the Northern Social Club and from the outside, I mean, I don't know how old the image was. It left a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Mate, it's got but, history in abundance there. But no, you normally, if you're heading into town and you're like, say say you're a Turtle Bay sort of person, that's not for you. Uh, <laughs> it's not for you. If uh, you want two fun cocktails on a Friday night, don't be heading to the Northern Social Club. But if you want to buy a pint of Guinness for under £4, that is your casa. That is your house. Get down there. Um, they've basically just painted the walls. They've put ex-Saints players like Alan Shearer's on the wall, JWP, Franny Benali. There's Saints brass there. They've basically just made it somewhere where Saints fans can go uh, before the game. And on all of the chairs, they've got ex-players. So you could be sitting on a, um, you know, an Allen ball chair. You could be sitting. Is it on... round? Is it a ball? No, no. it's not. Oh, I've okay. missed a trick there. And I did put that in the comments box. Um, <laughs> but I arrived and I'd, I'd been sat next to Nigel Adkins uh, for the game. Fascinating bloke. Like genuinely I said earlier that I fell in love with the guy. He is he is just football through and through. Brilliant anecdote. And I would love to get him on this podcast. Because he's from Birkenhead. So he's got this sort of soft Liverpool accent. And he said to me, after half to, after the goal had gone in, uh, I was talking to him at that point. And he, and he basically said, you've, you've interrupted that goal. You've ruined that for me. <laughs> like in a, in a nice way. Because wow. I was chatting to him. Okay. And but he what, let you know. Oh, he said... I, I didn't. I didn't see the build-up because you were talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so already meeting a legend, one of my favourite managers, and I'm like, oh no, I've annoyed him. But sat there, he said, interesting enough, as a manager, in the second half of a game, if it's nil-nil, it's about being the proactive manager, right? So you're the one that does something. Make the first sub. You are. If you do that, you are eighty percent more likely to win the game. 
And he wow. laid down that fact and I was like, wow. And he went, but it doesn't matter in this situation because Southampton are already 1-0 down. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best insights to football. And also at the same time, I was like, it's comedy timing. Lovely bloke. We went across uh, to the Northern Social. It was about 100 Saints fans all waiting there. Saints Brass did an amazing job. Got a real good party atmosphere. And then myself, Franny and Nigel um, just did a, a mini interview. And then um, <laughs> what I love about the job that that myself and Steve do, <clears throat> sometimes you're thrown in a situation where you're like, oh, this is good. How am I going to get through this? Got these quiz uh, questions and you've got fans having a drink and a chat. It's like we just basically just stood up and had a chat around them and asked them to be quiet. <laughs> but they were all so excited to see Franny and, and Nigel because uh, they are both club legends. And about 10 minutes in, a guy taps me on the shoulder. It's been recorded, so it goes out to the world. Taps me on the shoulder and he said, could you just let everybody in this room know? Bearing in mind they were quite un- like quite chatty anyway. Mm-hmm. Kept having to ask them to shush a little bit. He said, can you let them all know that for the next 30 minutes, it's a free bar? <laughs> right, <laughs> so you can imagine trying to hold court what I had to announce to everyone. And I said, Franny, Nigel, look forward to this announcement. <laughs> and about half the room got Stood up. up. That's it. Up You'd lost the audience. Walked to the bar and fair play. And all... you could be saying anything. Yeah. You could be interviewing anyone. You could be giving away anything. Like, doesn't matter. As soon as I say free bar, people go. Mate, I, I even had to do that thing where I was like, look, if, if can I just make a suggestion? If one person from your table goes up to get a round in, that'd be great. But brilliant to hear from Nigel. Uh, let go of the club, let let go by the club, unfairly, I would say, because Pochettino came in and a lot of fans there that day wanted to show their appreciation, mm. back-to-back promotions for Southampton and, and Franny was on on fine form. And it's I think it's a brilliant area. And do you know what? We should go down there before, before a game one time. Let's um, do it. But brilliant. It's a great place where Saints fans can go and enjoy themselves, uh, have a few drinks. Soft drinks are available as well. And then go and watch a game. It's it's great to see. You should you should speak to them, Tom, and see if we could do um, the podcast from the Northern Social Club. I was thinking that. And you know, also- like they do it. They you know what I mean? That like podcasts have specials where like oh, we're recording from a random place today. You just you just have to stop doing Saints Live, so it's not going to happen. But we could do it. <laughs> we could do it in in an evening or something like that. Yeah, we, we one hundred. So here's what I did do. Um, I took down uh, a program. Uh, and I got the one and only Nigel Adkins, Franny Bernardi. This is the first time you're seeing it. I'm yeah, very Steve. nice indeed. So uh, Nigel Adkins, he said to me as he was about to sign, he goes, do you want me to sign it to Tom? And I went, could you not? Because <laughs> this is going uh, to uh, a listener, listeners. Uh, we're going to put this on our, our socials um, so that you can potentially uh, get this. We'll send it to you. I'll post it to you. Um, yeah, postage will be covered. I will cover the postage, but it was just so nice to hang out with them. And yeah, I know we didn't win. It would have been much better to get a Chelsea programme. But hey, listen, you can't have everything. Free programme signed by Nigel Wakens and Franny Benali. It's up to be won. Yeah, we'll give some more details about that at the end of the podcast. But it is our Saints trivia question. All right. Well, Steve, um, I've also catered uh, for that as well. Are you ready? Because yeah. Because this week's trivia question, uh, this is for you to think about while we go to a break, which technically we don't have yet. But hey, you know what? If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, you can get in touch with us. Also, this was supposed to be a, a halfway point. It's almost like a pod, a pod of two halves, like the beautiful game of football. However, 
it's more towards the end of this week's episode. Yeah, you quite rightly you wanted to talk about the food in the press area <laughs> <laughs> with your prawn sandwiches, uh, but I think it's a good point. We get to know Steve a little bit more. I I know the word panko now, so uh, we've all learned. Are you ready for the question? Yes. Okay. Romeo Lavia became the third Belgian player to score for Saints. Can you name the other two Belgian players? All right then, Steve. Um, lovely break. Uh, what did you What did you do during yours? I thought intensely. Okay, good. Uh, can you answer? The question, Romeo Lavia became the third Belgian player to score for Saints. Can you name the other two Belgian players? I couldn't think of a huge amount of Belgians that have played for Southampton. Just in general, just not even for <laughs> Southampton. I just couldn't think of a big... Couldn't, couldn't think of many Belgians, Belgians um, if I'm honest. Um, one sprung to mind, which was uh, a centre-back that ended up breaking people's hearts when he moved to North London, and that was Toby Alderweireld. Um, that's the only Belgian yeah. that I can think of. Yeah, we, we had uh, not uh, the Van Damme, the uh, martial artist. We had another Jelly Van Damme <laughs> game <laughs> to play. He didn't score. The answer is, and he scored some absolute stunning goals, uh, is the one and only Steve de Ridder. I thought he was Dutch. No, he's Belgian. 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 It's very close. Steve de Ridder. Ride the rhythms. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, bobsleigh. <laughs> I actually didn't even know he was Belgian. I genuinely thought he was he was from Holland. Yeah, Steve Derrida. Um, so hopefully you got those answers correct as well. Uh, what else is uh, due on this podcast, Stephen Forbes? Uh, well, we've got to kind of, you know, put the pedal to the metal as we approach the end of this week's pod. Um, and we have to look ahead to Southampton against Wolves this weekend. Um, Southampton obviously in good form. Seven points out of five games so far. Seventh in the Premier League as of the end of play on Tuesday against Chelsea. However, I don't really know the results of Wednesday night Premier League's game, so we might not be there anymore. Tom's doing a bit of Googling as we speak. Nil-nil, full-time. Oh, okay. Against Bournemouth. Uh, so- uh, that's a better result for Bournemouth. Uh, to me, what stands out there, they got battered, absolutely battered by Liverpool. Always get a bit of a bounce when a new manager or mm. caretaker takes over. Uh, so they've improved. In my opinion, Wolves are pretty woeful this year. Yeah. They're for the take. They have just signed a new striker. I think he's six foot seven, Sasha Kalajic from Stuttgart. Um, they've just got him in. Okay. So he might play. Um, Mate, don't worry about it. The source and Salisu will batter him. Yeah, there's not many people bigger than Armel Belakotchap and uh, Mo Salasu, but yeah, six foot seven. I, he's he's a bit of a, a bit of a unit. There was, you know, the the famous. Oh, you might not know, being Scottish, but uh, the five one victory. Uh, it wasn't Carsten Janker. There was a striker who was absolute beast in that German side uh, that night. Again, one of those hit it up. Uh, let him do the rest. Mm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. They, they drew with Wolves one all. Uh, they beat Preston two one in the cup, lost to Tottenham, uh, got a draw with Fulham, nil-nil. That was a boring game. Mitrovic missed a penalty and then they lost to Leeds United. So they are not in good no. form that you'd expect from a few years back when they were dominating in, in, in Europe. Um, Nuno uh, was was the manager. Um, I think that they're, they're there for the taking. If Southampton have the same attitude that they did against Chelsea, 
I think we could be coming away. Wolves with are a team that I don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to. No, and that's no disrespect, but, um, and they've got some good players. Yeah. They really have Ruben Neves. They signed um, that lad from that other Portuguese lad that they got, I think, from PSG. Um, or Valencia, sorry. He was at PSG for a bit. Um, they've got Neto as well. Like They've got some decent players. But yeah, I don't really pay too much attention to Wolves. They're a bit of like just a meh team. Yeah, they could be. When you sort of look at Southampton as well, you're like, I'd say Wolves had a bit more stability, but now they're slipping because their form is not where it was before. And I think if you're not investing uh, in players, um, that's... that's but they're just buying loads of Portuguese players, aren't they? Because George Mendes is very close to the club. Um, and it's really half the reason why they've signed so many Portuguese internationals. But it doesn't always work. You can't always just put together a national team at club level and hope that it does the business. Um, Wolves, I still think, will be safe this season. I don't. I can't see them being in that kind of fight to go down but yeah they're not an exciting team they're not exciting and um yeah i think that based on what i've seen so far this season they're you know in a little bit of a sticky patch and southampton are very much a team with a lot of confidence Mm. so i would i would hope for a um a victory is a way so and and you know what wolves have proved they don't allow a lot of goals in um and they're pretty resolute they don't score that many at the moment they haven't let many in so it's going to be a tough game uh, it's going to be a tight game, shall I say, yeah. in terms of goals, but it, it's it's who takes their chances when they come. Very much so, very much so. Right, so that's Wolves. We'll have more um, on that after the result in, in next week's podcast. Um, so far this week, it has been a decent week for Southampton. We've got to get on to some fan questions and Twitter comments now, Tom. Um, normally, this is the part where we're like, we ain't got any, or we got one. Not this week. Um, not this week. You you filled out the the roster. I did. I did fill it out. Um, but not necessarily. Look, can I just level with people? Not because they like said directly at us. We are slowly <laughs> oh, building, mate. Okay. We're slowly building. Pulling the wool over my eyes. Well, these. No, I would never lie to you. I'm just saying. I've just added a couple in which I thought were quite enjoyable. Mm. Um, uh, this one's come from Aaron. Um. Uh, must admit this transfer window has been so amazing and unreal. Well done to the board and everyone working backstage at mm-hmm. Southampton FC. And I just like to say, you know, sometimes we're all about giving negative feedback. It's just really nice. Yeah. I feel like all the signings we have made, and this is before the transfer deadline day, um, have all slotted in perfectly yeah. into that team. And it's looking very, very promising. Agreed. Agreed. Um, there's one here, Tom, that just says, Daz, assume a Clarets fan. Oh, is that whole thing? There's loads of bullet points. Is that just one? It's my favourite tweet. Uh, basically, I'll tell you this one. Daz, Why have you not done it as one? Why is there like seven bullet points for one comment? When you select copy and paste, that's what it looks like. He's basically sent a letter. He's tweeted, but it's like he's he sent an email. Right. Now I'm reading it in full. I understand the context. Well, but when I just thought before. bullet point, Daz, assume Clarets fan, I was like, what kind of comments that, Tom? <laughs> I would, I'd never thought you were going to read him out. That's what I'm saying. Right, got you. I'm assuming a Clarets fan because of what he says. <laughs> okay, right. Take the floor. Okay, set the scene. You painted a picture about your, your prawn cocktails, okay? and, your, and Fish your, finger sandwiches. Well, same sort of thing. They're from the sea. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> right. Set the scene, okay? Okay, here we go. Dear Southampton FC. I'm a clear, I'm Strong start. I'm basically saying that's us. Okay, cool. Okay, we're all Southampton. Are we not? Um, Regarding Nathan Teller, the lad has never seen a footballer. 
We can't understand why company plays him. He's made a few friends amongst the players, so we'll keep him around for the for that reason only. My advice would be to sell when possible. Hashtag Twitter Clarets. What I like about that is it's a bit of banter. He's basically telling Southampton, this guy's awful, but we'd love to keep him. Five matches for Burnley under Vincent Company, three goals. He's been flying as Nathan Teller. So it's a little bit, mm. again, a little bit of positivity. And Clarets, it's nice to see fans having a bit of banter. I'm glad that you actually interjected there and gave me the context of that because on initial reading, I was like, guy's an idiot. What's he saying? <laughs> of course. It, it'd be like, and now I get it. Now he's being, yeah, it, it'd slightly be like, facetious. It'd be like Sunderland fan, uh, Stoke fan, sorry, saying, um, hey, Will Smallburn, he hasn't got a future, but we'll take him off your hands. Yeah. It's that kind of bit of banter. Yeah. I like it. I like to see a bit of that going on. Yeah, Nathan Teller certainly has had a good loan spell so far. Hopefully that's the the place that he can kind of kick on and and really get some confidence in him, get a, a lot of games under his belt because that's the one thing that was lacking at Southampton. Come back next year. There's going to be huge competition for places. Um, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Nathan, wherever he is. Where have you gone, Nathan? Yeah. Nathan, come in from the cold. <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting um, uh, what's going on in your world then Steve uh, going to be Saints Live again yeah Saints Live again for Wolves um, not much else going on other than my other job I can tell people can't there's no point it's not ex- exclusive no. Um, on TalkSport this week it's going to be scandalous covering uh, done it right at the beginning I have to admit episode. the canteen at TalkSport is pretty alright but you do have to pay for the food there so that's, <laughs> that's there is a difference that is the scandalous comment um, and then yeah got the Saints game that's really about my week. I am an uncle for, uh, I think, the first time. I don't know of any other <laughs> nephews or nieces that I've got knocking around. Um, but yeah, my um, my other half's brother and his other half have had a baby. Um, so I'm an uncle. So I'll be going up to see them at the back end of this week. I think maybe even just straight after the game or on the Sunday driving up to Leeds yeah. uh, to see them. And uh, yeah, see my see my new little nephew. Oh, mate, that's beautiful. Well, hopefully you'll be taking uh, the sort of metaphorical three points with you. You mm. can't actually take them. We we actually need to give them to the Premier League um, so they can put them into the table. But, um, well, that is delightful. I hope you have a... What about you? Um, mate, gigging and a stag do going to Ascot on Friday. That'd be a bit of fun. Ascot for a stag do? Yeah, I know. It's not really the archetypal destination. Uh, it, it's what men like, apparently. Gambling. Horses. Is it the races? Oh, yeah, is the yeah. race? Not just going so, to Ascot yeah, Town. I just love that. You're like, Ascot? Where are you going to go there? There's no dancing clubs. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to Ascot. Uh, so that'll be good fun. And then a bit of virtual cricket on the Saturday. And then I'm playing cricket myself on Sunday. Ready. And I will, of course, be watching the game uh, as well. So, um, Steve, um, this has been a delight. I know that we are recording this the day before the transfer deadline day, but I'm actually giddy. Even if we didn't sign anyone tomorrow, I'd still be pretty confident with this squad. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, it's a great squad going forward into this season, regardless of, of who we sign. As you say, do make sure that you follow us across Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, not Facebook, because we haven't got that. Uh, also on YouTube, it's all at We March On Pod. Um, do send us any comments that Tom doesn't have to steal from Twitter to We March, <laughs> we march On Pod at gmail.com. And we'll be back next time with another episode for your ears and maybe your eyes if we could be bothered to film it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it from here, Steve. Uh, Saints Brass, take it away. Take it away.